Hello and welcome everybody to the Post Route, the podcast where we talk about everything NFL football. Hey guys, welcome back to the Post Route. Thank you for joining me on this episode too. Now I do just want to pick up where I left off from my first episode. My first episode I did a 2018 AFC review. I do want to continue here with the NFC. Now I am just going through these teams quickly. I'm not trying to go too much into depth. I know there were some people saying that I should go a little bit more into depth, put more time into certain teams. I will be doing that, but I'm not going to be doing that right now. To me, this is a little bit of a warm-up since I'm just starting uh, this or this whole podcast thing. So basically what I want to do is just go, go through them real quick, give you like a quick summary of, of each team. I will be going more into detail once the 2019 season rolls around, I do want to bring in some people so we can talk about one team for like about an hour straight and see where we go from there. But for now, what I'm going to do is just give you a quick summary of what I thought of the 2018 season uh, through every, every individual team. And we'll end this episode with that. And my third episode will more than likely be on the draft that's going to be happening here in a couple of days. Uh, but without further ado, I do want to get this over with. So I am going to start here with the NFC East, starting with the Giants. The Giants went 5-11. and 11. Uh, Obviously, their biggest pick was Saquon Barkley. Or, I'm sorry, not the big... The, well, he was a, a great pick. But uh, what I meant to say was their MVP of that team was definitely Saquon Barkley. Uh, he carried that rock for them. He basically almost carried the team on the back uh, by himself. Even though, I mean, the, the record obviously doesn't reflect off of that, but... The guy had like, what, maybe 26, 2,700 uh, scrimmage yards. Uh, definitely a better season than Odell Beckham Jr. Now, I don't blame Odell for kind of having a somewhat up and down year. I know he was hurt, but Eli Manning regressing um, is not helping them him there at all. Now, Eli Manning has been regressing for like about maybe the past two or three years. <clears throat> and, I'm, and in my opinion, I feel like the Giants will need to move on from him pretty soon. The defense was definitely not very good from the Giants last year. Uh, Collins definitely took a step back, in my opinion. Now, I don't know if that was from bad coaching or anything. I still think he's a solid uh, safety, but I uh, wasn't good enough, I guess, so they traded him away um, along with uh, OBJ. Uh, kind of a weird story going on there. I do think Saquon Barkley is going to be the running back for the Giants for years to come. But I do think that Eli Manning uh, needs to either get traded or they need to cut him or they need to address that quarterback spot. Because I'm sorry, no, no disrespect to Eli Manning either. He's a two-time winning Super Bowl champion. But when you know, you know. Uh, you know, same thing with like Joe Flacco. I feel the same way uh, I feel about Joe Flacco that, that I do with Eli. Uh, but like I said, lackluster year from the Giants. The NFC East is a very hard division uh, no matter what. The Giants are always going to give, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Redskins to run for their money. Uh, but they are, they were last in the NFC East this past 2018 season. Nothing really too special from them. Now, the Redskins, moving on to the Redskins here, they did have a better season for sure than the Giants. And they kind of had a better season than what I thought they would have had last year, um, especially losing Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm... I know people think Kirk Cousins is overrated. I think he's a solid quarterback. 
I don't think he can win you that Super Bowl on his own. You do kind of have to put weapons around him. Now, I don't think everything has to be perfect for Kirk to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but I just don't think the Redskins upgraded by getting Alex Smith. And it was very unfortunate that uh, the way that Alex Smith went out this season, a pretty gruesome uh, leg break. Uh, but Adrian Peterson, he came back, played for the Redskins. He showed that he has definitely has some gas left in the tank. Uh, there was a game, I believe he had like an 80-yard touchdown. Um, as far as fantasy uh, drafts go, he was, he was, I would say he was pretty universally avail- available for people uh, to pick up for free without having, uh, having a reach or anything. But besides that, now I'm I'm gonna backtrack here a little bit to the Saquon Barkley, uh, for the Giants because. And speaking a little bit about fantasy football terms here, I believe Saquon Barkley will have to be picked within the top two or top three of fantasy drafts next year. Uh, now, you can fight me on that, but the way it's looking for the Giants, Saquon Barkley is looking to get uh, over 300 carries next year. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there uh, since I started talking fantasy football stuff here. It just crossed my mind. But coming back to the Redskins here, they have no wide receivers at all. Uh, Jordan Reed as a tight end, he's he's been having a lot of injuries lately, so they can't really, uh, can't really rely on him as much anymore as as they have in the past. Great tight end. Uh, it's just unfortunately that his injuries have kind of caught up to him. Same thing with Darius uh, Geese or Geis. I'm gonna go with Geese. So with Darius Geese, unfortunately, he tore his ACL before the season started for the Redskins. Now, I believe that he was going to be a great running back coming in, and I really thought that he would, that he would go on to have a great rookie season until that injury happened. Uh, of course, that's when Adrian Peterson came into the scene, and well, I would say he did enough for the Redskins. Um, but besides that, uh, their, their defense has been pretty great, too. Josh Norman is still kind of the, the heart and soul of that defense on the Redskins side. Uh, Jonathan Allen and Ryan Kerrigan are still rushing the passer pretty well. Uh, Jonathan Allen, I believe, he may need to work a little bit on his on his run stop. Um, I believe he's solid at that point. But if he could put that together, uh, he would be a pretty great defensive lineman for the Redskins. But he hasn't really taken that that next step uh, to like elite status, I guess I would, I would say, uh, but going on to the Eagles. Now the Eagles had a record of nine and seven. Uh, they definitely made the postseason with a wild card spot. Uh, they had a strong season, uh, especially for coming back and defending their, their championship. Uh, but I believe they caught, they lost some of the key matches in order for them to repeat as NFC East champions. They barely missed that though. Uh, really, I think the loss to the Cowboys, both both losses to the Cowboys affected them, uh, actually prevented them from winning the NFC East. I'm sorry. Uh, the offense, it, it declined a little, in my opinion. Uh, Carson Wentz is still a great quarterback. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and that's starting to become somewhat of a concern. Uh, I would definitely be looking at it as a concern, especially if he's been having back problems. Um, and we all know back problems for quarterbacks is not isn't a, isn't very promising. Um, as we all remember, Tony Romo had back problems, and that kind of 
always lingered around. I mean, I know towards the end, it was more uh, collarbone and all that, but those back problems really, really, really do linger. Um, so Wentz is still kind of unproven in the postseason. Nick Foles has had to take over these past two years for him. Uh, Nick Foles, I, I believe he's a he's a solid quarterback. I just don't think he's that much better than Wentz. But I could see why people ask themselves, you know, maybe we do want Wentz. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Foles over Wentz. But besides that, I mean, the Eagles, had they, they did what they could, in my opinion. Their defense, in my opinion, definitely took a step up. It was just unfortunate that their offense regressed just a little bit, not by much. Um, I would say they probably need a little bit more help in the run department. Uh, they did. Uh, they fell a couple places down from their offensive ranking from last year. Uh, but they were close. Uh, they just lost to the Saints, which I believe it. it I had thought that the Saints were going to win anyways. Uh, but the Eagles are going to be one of those teams in the NFC East that are every year going to be competing uh, for that championship, uh, the NFC East championship, at least. <sighs> Same thing uh, along with the Cowboys, I would say. Now, the Cowboys here, they have a record 10-6. and six. Um, Their <laughs> offensive and their defensive rank w- w- doesn't really reflect their the way they played, in my opinion. Um, and that might sound a little biased, especially since some of you guys know that I am a Cowboys fan. Uh, but 22nd offense rank and a 26th defensive rank. Now, I think the defense would probably played more like a top 10 defense than a 26th rank defense. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch definitely uh, made a good good run at a defensive rookie of the year. Jalen Smith has definitely stepped up. Uh, man, Byron Jones is, is looking to be like a lockdown corner for a couple years to come. Now, it's going to be really hard for them to keep all of those guys together which is why I believe the Cowboys are in a win-now mentality. But going back to last year, they didn't really start really great at all. Uh, they started 3-5. and five. Uh, Once they went to that 3-5 and five record, a lot of doubts started to come in, especially with me. I'm a big uh, Dak Pres- Prescott critic. Uh, I believe he's a good quarterback. I just feel that everything has to be perfect around him, though. For things to go his way. If he's not. If he doesn't have the best offensive line. He's going to get sacked. If he doesn't have Zeke around. He's not going to have any help in the running game. And he struggles throwing the football consistently. Now I know there was a game last year. Where he uh, Against the Giants I believe. The last game of the year. Uh, he had a pretty great day passing. It was like his first 400 yard. Uh, passing game. But for that being his first 400 yard passing game. In the first three years. To me, that kind of already tells you that he's not really a throwing quarterback. Well, he obviously he throws, um, but I just don't think his accuracy really helps him out, uh, which is why they, they you know, you always hear the Cowboys office say, you know, Dak-friendly offense, Dak-friendly offense, Dak-friendly offense. Um, but besides that, the Cowboys can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott, but he's going to need that help. Um, I'm always going to think that. Uh, but going back to last year, um, after that three and five record, uh, they won five straight. Uh, that had a lot to do with the Omari Cooper trade that they got uh, from the Raiders. They traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper, and Amari Cooper came in. He tore it up. I'm not gonna lie. He definitely helped Dak Prescott a lot, um, and it was pretty evident from the beginning of the season the lack of a true number one right receiver, which why, which is why I said 
Dak Prescott needs, you know, the weapons around him in order for him to succeed. Um, and you don't really see that from great quarterbacks. Tom Brady, I mean, yes, he's, he has Julian Edelman. He had Randy Moss. But for the majority of the time, you know, he's he's never really had a true number one wide receiver that was consistent. Uh, I would say Julian Edelman has probably has been his most consistent receiver of his career. Uh, but besides that, coming back to the Cowboys here, uh, the Amari Cooper uh, trade was definitely a huge reason why they they improved in the second half of the season. Beating the Eagles twice, in my opinion, was key for them to take the NFC East crown and go into the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, it was pretty evident, though, when they took on the Rams that the Cowboys' run defense is not very great, which I guess I will say maybe that does reflect off their defensive record being 26. Now, I do think their defense will definitely take a step up next year. Uh, their offense uh, remains to be seen, I'm not going to lie, uh, despite getting the upgrades. Uh, I just don't know how good Kellen Moore is of an offensive coordinator. Uh, but besides that, just to wrap up the NFC East here, uh, the Giants, they have Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is going to be a huge, huge player for them for uh, these next couple of years. Let's just hope that they don't run him down. Um, and then in fantasy football terms, man, if you have pick one or two, um, I'd go Saquon or Zeke, uh, either one of the two guys. Uh, now the Redskins here overall, I believe they'll more than likely improve but I just don't know how much they'll improve on their record. Um, especially with the schedule lease uh, coming out. Uh, they kind of seem like they had one of the harder schedules. Uh, the Eagles, I mean, like I said before, the Eagles are going to come back. They're going to do their thing. They're going to compete for the NFC East crown, uh, which I look forward to. Um, I love that Eagles-Cowboys rivalry. Um, it's It gets really, really intense. I have a couple of uh, Eagles fans out there. and I mean, we don't go at it, but... It definitely brings out a different atmosphere for us. Uh, the Cowboys, again, uh, last year, I would say, I wouldn't say they got lucky, but they definitely maneuvered their way into a playoff spot, into winning the NFC East. Um, whether they'll improve or not, I believe their defense will. Offense would definitely remain to be seen. Uh, I kind of want to do a little bit more studying into each and one of these teams before I can actually have a final say in what I think they'll do this next 2019 season, which is why I said in the beginning, I'm just going to give you guys a quick summary of what I thought of the 2018 season for these teams. And a couple of episodes later, I will go through each individual team more in depth. And when I do that, I kind of do want to bring someone else in uh, to kind of, you know, not, not only have you guys hear my opinion, but my opinions of other people as well. But um, as far as this goes, that's what I think about the NFC East right now. Uh, Giants weren't very good. Uh, Saquon Barkley was great. Redskins were so-and-so. Um, you know, they showed that they definitely lacked the offensive power. Uh, and they definitely missed the rookie running back. Uh, just a little bit. Adrian Peterson did fill the hole there. But I believe Darius Geese has, is just quicker, uh, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, Eagles did, had a strong season last season for uh, defending the championship. And the Cowboys had a pretty, pretty predictable at first, but then going to the end, they definitely took that step up and surprised everybody. Uh, but enough of that here. I will be moving on now. So the NFC North here, it can be a very, very tough division. Um, it consists of the Lions, Packers, Vikings, and Bears. 
Packers always being on the top, um, especially with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Uh, you can put anyone around him, and you know he'll just basically make that offense work no matter what. But they weren't so lucky this past season. Unfortunately, Rodgers going through another injury again. Uh, the, but the biggest headline, I guess I would say, from this division would be the Bears obtaining Khalil Mack uh, pretty early in the season for a first-round pick. That definitely helped their defense go um, <clears throat> from a bottom-ranked defense to a top-ranked defense. And it helped the Bears flip uh, basically their, their record around. Uh, but going to the Lions, uh, they're the last-place team of the division. There's a lot of questions surrounding Matthew Stafford. Uh not only not only from from myself, but I mean obviously like other analysts out there, he's been a I wouldn't say he's been an inconsistent quarterback. I think he's been pretty consistent, but I do believe that he needs uh, better weapons around him, especially at wide receiver spot. Not to say that Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay uh, can't take a step up, especially um, Kenny. Uh, Marvin Jones might might already have hit his uh, his ceiling. Um, but of course, I mean, whenever whenever Matt Stafford had Calvin Johnson, um, I mean, he'd just throw it up all day. Um, <clears throat> but he does have a good running back right now with Carryon Johnson, in my opinion. Uh, I believe he's one of those uh, undervalued, under underappreciated running backs in the game out there right now. Uh, this was his kind of breakout season, and I like what I saw from uh, Carryon Johnson. Uh, the defense, however, for the Lions did definitely take a step up with first-year coach Matt Patricia. Um, of course, obviously him being a defensive mind. Uh, Darius Slay continues to be a solid corner for them. Uh, they did get Harrison Snacks in the, mer- in the middle of the season from the Giants. I uh, don't know what the Giants are doing, but hey, you know, they, they got a pretty good defensive tackle for years to come. Uh, it wasn't a very good first season for Matt Patricia. Obviously, he's a rookie head coach. Um, remains to be seen whether he's going to take this team to where he wants it to be. But I would say they would, they would definitely have to work on that offense in order for them uh, to move on from that 6-10 and 10 record, uh, put more weapons around Matthew Stafford, in my opinion, uh, maybe even uh, some offensive linemen to keep him up. Um, but nothing too special from the Lions last year, 6-10 uh, and 10 record. They did have a 10th-ranked defense, which I said that they definitely benefited a lot from Matt Patricia. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what they do next year um, in his second year. So moving on to the Packers here. Not a very special season for them last year, of course. Um, Aaron Rodgers being hurt early on and them kind of having some sort of power struggle, I guess I, I would call it, maybe between him and, and head coach Mike McCarthy. Now, I really don't like the, the way the Packers handled that whole situation. I believe you don't let go of a guy like that who's basically taking your team uh, to a Super Bowl uh, fairly recently, not not too long ago, uh, back in 2011. Uh, just letting him go like that just kind of shows that they didn't really appreciate him that much. Um, I understand that the NFL is a business, um, but he wasn't just any coach, in my opinion. Uh, but anyways, besides that, of course, uh, they did have a little bit of drama. Um, Aaron Rodgers did get hurt early in the season. Uh, despite that though, he did play his heart out. Um, and it just goes to show how, how good of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. In my opinion, I think he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, we'll see if Patrick Mahomes gets, gets up there because I, he, in my opinion, he, he's definitely going, uh, 
going towards that that route. Uh, besides that, uh, Devontae Adams stepped in, proved to be a number one wide receiver um, on the team. And if you like fantasy football, he was definitely a solid pick. I believe he was a, I believe a lot of people overlooked him in my opinion. He was available pretty late in a, a couple of my, in a couple of my drafts. Um, unfortunately, whenever he was available late, that's when they, when that's when he was getting picked up in the round that I wanted to get him in. Uh, but I did get him to get him in one of my teams and he, uh, he definitely did a lot of work for me. Uh, so definitely goes to show that he definitely proved uh, to be the Packers number one wide receiver. Aaron Jones stepped in and did a pretty good job too uh, on the uh, starting running back role for the Packers. I believe he will be their running back for uh, years to come. Um, unless you know he gets hurt or, or something unfortunately like that happens, uh, but I don't I don't think that'll happen. Uh, he'll also be a pretty solid pick as well for uh, fantasy leagues next year. Uh, I would definitely not overlook him at all. They do need to improve a little bit on their offensive line to keep Aaron Rodgers upright and healthy. They definitely need a lot more help on that defensive side though. Um, we'll see what the Packers do this next 2019 season. Uh, but in 2018, nothing too special from them. Um, unfortunately, uh, with the injuries and, and all that kind of power struggle thing that they were going through, that was kind of a, dis a distraction in my opinion. Uh, that's why, I, like I said, I didn't like the way they handled it. They could have just, you know, the way they were going, they could have just let McCarthy go out the rest of the season. Uh, really no need to fire him, in my opinion. Uh, but that, that's really it about the Packers. Like I said, no, nothing too special for them from last season. Now, the Vikings here, they were definitely one of the more disappointing teams of 2018, uh, with especially with the 2017 season that they had. They definitely, in my opinion, got an upgrade at quarterback. It just did not show on paper last year, unfortunately. Uh, I believe their, their offense was way better in 2017 than, than it was in 2018, despite um, Adam Thielen taking a pretty big step up. And now Kirk Cousins, not not to take any, any credit away from him, I think he's a solid quarterback. Uh, but I, I'd say he has a lot of work to do uh, for next year. Now Diggs and Thielen, though, together, I believe they, they can play like a top wide receiver duo in the league. Um, if they if this offense could get clicking on all four cylinders, boy, um, it's going to be very hard to stop them, especially with Dalvin Cook at running back. And their offensive line is actually very, very decent. Now, their defense, this is obviously their, their power uh, in this team. The defense is, is still an elite defense. I just, uh, since the offense kind of dipped down last year, it was really hard for them to get back into the playoffs, really hard to get um, back into that same success that they had in that 2017 season. Like I said, it was it was disappointing. I really thought that they would build up from that, but they did not at all. They kind of regressed. Uh, I believe last year they were 12-4, and 13-3. and three. Uh, Came back down to, to second place in their division, but not enough for a wild card spot, unfortunately. Uh, now, if they, if they do get get things clicking on offense and uh, defense stays the same this would be this will be a competing team in 2019 unfortunately that that'll remain to be seen i i don't want to talk about that right now not until after the draft um but very disappointing 2018 season uh for in my opinion for the vikings and especially if we were vikings fans i, I would have definitely been disappointed you know after an upgrade at quarterback and then your your, your defense still being elite 
but just not getting that help from the offense and and that help it was the same help that he you'd expect to be built on from that 2017 season uh but really enough about them i'm gonna go on here to the bears now so the nfc south uh definitely one of the hardest divisions in the nfc side uh, right next to the nfc east uh this division consists of the bucks panthers falcons and saints so it's usually the saints and the falcons going at it uh there was that one year that the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they had a high-powered offense, but not so much this last 2018 season. Starting with the Bucks here, 5-11. They're definitely one of the teams that need a rebuild. Um, it was pretty evident last year that Jameis Winston is not their quarterback of the future. I believe he needs to move on somewhere else, too, to kind of revitalize his career. But losing your starting job to Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, you know, not no disrespect to, to Fitz, but, you know, Jameis was drafted number one overall to be the Bucks quarterback of the future and that has not been the case for them although he had wide receivers like Mike Evans Deshaun Jackson uh, he could not do anything with them um, unfortunately and I believe that that's not helping out Mike Evans in, in his uh, progression either um, not that Mike Evans needs to progress anymore but he definitely doesn't get a lot of help from his quarterback I believe if you get a pretty good quarterback uh, Mike Evans would probably be a, a top three receiver um, I, I w- or would at least put up top three wide receiver numbers. Uh, but it, it was pretty evident last year that the Bucks definitely need a rebuild. It was a very lackluster season for them. They started off pretty strong, you know, with that little Fitz magic that fit, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was putting out there. That was very, very short-lived. Uh, on the defensive side, Joe McCoy, he still, he still is kind of like the rock for the team. But in order for this rebuild to happen... He may have to be he he's he's probably expendable. So they'll probably use him for some trade to get some a couple picks in. Um, but to me, this last twenty eighteen, this showed that the Bucks to me definitely need a rebuild. Um, I don't think they've been rebuilding. They tried rebuilding with Jameis, but whoever's rebuilding the team uh, did not do a very good job. And to me, I, they're gonna need to do another rebuild again. Now, the Panthers, they definitely haven't been the same since their last Super Bowl appearance. They've been kind of taking little steps of, of regression. Uh, Cam Newton has is still a a top 10 quarterback, I, I guess I would call him. I still feel like he's taking some baby step regressions. I'm not, I, I wouldn't even call them half steps or full step regressions. I would say he's just regressing just a little bit. And I think it's just because he's been getting hit hard. You know, he's a mobile quarterback. Um, and, of course, that wear and tear will always uh, wear down your quarterback. Uh, their offense last year was was uh, pretty well. Uh, McCaffrey is a great running back. Um, I would also suggest looking out for him in PPR leagues uh, for fantasy football next year. He's In PPR leagues, in my opinion, he's going to be a top three pick, especially because he's a great receiver. Uh, I like what I saw DJ uh, in DJ Moore as well. He's showing a lot of promise. He's a great route runner, um, and that that helps uh that helps a lot of uh, wide receivers, especially at an early age. So if he if he polishes up uh, just a little bit more, uh, I believe he could break a thousand yards in twenty nineteen. But twenty eighteen definitely showed promise. The defense on the Panthers' side was mid range. I think they did pretty good for what they have. Um, obviously Luke Keekley being the heart and soul of that defense, but I believe if 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 the Panthers can get some some key pieces on that defense, maybe in the draft, maybe in the in the free agency. They would definitely take that next up that that next step next year into competing for the NFC South uh, crown. 
but besides that, last year, Panthers kind of like luster. They were one of the mid-range teams. Uh, they held up pretty well against some teams, against other teams, not so much. Um, but we'll see what they do in this offseason. Um, I mean, obviously, the free agency is all kind of already over. They did get some key pieces on the defense, like Bruce Irvin. Uh, but if they can polish up their defense, maybe through the draft, I can see them changing that seven and nine record to maybe nine and seven, maybe even a ten and six record. Uh, but the offense does have to stay consistent, though. Um, I, this is what I saw basically from the Panthers last twenty eighteen. They're knocking at the door again to you know going to get in, uh, getting back into the postseason, uh, but they weren't just quite ready yet uh, or quite there yet this last twenty eighteen. Next up here, the Falcons, also with the 7-9 record. The Falcons' offense was very great last year, except the only thing that was holding them back was definitely their defense, which is surprising in my opinion. I feel like the Falcons had bigger name defenses or bigger names on that defense than most defensive teams, but they were a ranked 28th defense. Um, not so good against the pass. That's how they lost. I believe that that's how they lost a couple of the key games that could have may have helped them get into at least a wild card spot. Uh, but that did not happen, unfortunately. Uh, there's a lot of questions. Some people are questioning Matt Ryan. I believe he's a great quarterback. I, I would, if I were uh, Falcons fans, I, I would still obviously give him a chance. Um, there's, I mean, think about it. There's not another good quarterback out there that you can just immediately pick up. Uh, but some people are unhappy with them. I don't see why, honestly. Uh, Julio Jones is starting to get back into the groove and scoring touchdowns again. I'm, I'm happy to see that, especially in Final Fantasy purposes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Final Fan <laughs> Fantasy football. I'm sorry. I'm a gamer, and I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. So, uh, yeah. So, excuse me for that little screw-up right there. I meant fantasy football. Uh, but I also liked what I saw in Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is definitely a receiver to look for, especially if you like to play uh, fantasy football. Uh, he showed a lot of promise last year uh, for a rookie. Uh, now, despite having, you know, like I said, the defense has pretty big names like Keanu Neal, Vic Beasley, and Desmond Trufant, but I don't know whether it's the coaches play calling or something that's kind of not helping them do their jobs correctly. Because they're really good players. Um, like I said, I was pretty baffled that their defense didn't really do well. Not that, not to say that I thought they were going to be a top 10 defense. I thought they could have been maybe number 10. Odds, like mid-range defense. But I did not expect them to be um, bottom of the barrel defense. Uh, but the Falcons, uh, I mean, they, they put up fights last year. I believe they let a couple of key games slip away. Uh, which is pretty disappointing considering that they went to the Super Bowl not too long ago. Um, and, and when they when they had that Super Bowl run, they were pretty unstoppable. And they just haven't been able to, to find that same success again. Uh, but we'll see what they do in the offseason. The draft is today. I am uh, recording this before the draft. I, I wish I was going to do a pre-draft episode. Um, but unfortunately, with work and all that, I don't have time. Uh, but I will be doing a post-draft episode on my third episode. And I'm hoping to bring someone in for that. Uh, but just... Basically, nothing nothing too special from the Falcons last year. Kind of same thing as the Panthers. They were pretty lackluster. Uh, kind of a mid-range team, I guess I would say. Um, but they're definitely one of the ones, if they improve on the offseason, uh, they can definitely start competing for the NFC South crown again. 
So, last but not least, but in first place in the NFC South, the Saints. 13-3 record, 8th-ranked offense, 14th-ranked defense. Now, despite that 8th-ranked offense, you could easily argue, uh, argue that the Saints was like a top-3 defense. Oh, sorry, offense. Um, they were a powerhouse, man. Drew Brees was going out there doing his job despite his age. Um, a lot of people saying that he's regressing a little bit. Uh, I would say he he might be, but not not by full steps, not, not even by half steps, uh, but by baby steps. Kind of like the way I think Cam Newton is regressing. And it, it's just a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and it comes with age, obviously. Uh, but he broke that all-time touchdown record last year. Um, that was a, a really a really cool moment to watch. Um, but what ma- what started making the offense work, in my opinion, was the combo. Or not really the combo, I guess. But just having Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas out there. Alvin Kamara being a pretty good Swiss Army knife. Um, not to say that Taysom Hill isn't. Because Taysom Hill, man, he can do it all. He can throw, run tight end, run wide receiver rods, play running back. Um, I'm actually curious to see how more they'll use him next year. Especially now that Mark Ingram is out. Uh, but moving on. I mean, the, the defense wasn't really too great for the Saints. They were more of a mid-tier, but... I guess kind of like how you could argue that the offense was a top three defense. You can kind of put into perspective that the defense was a little bit, not really mid-tier range. They're probably outside of the top 20 rank. Um, But basically, the offense was good enough to where they they managed the clock well and the defense didn't really have to do uh, too, too much. They just had to basically hold up until uh, their, uh, their offense could do most of the job. Um, but besides that, man, the Saints, they're, they're basically still a powerhouse team. Um, it's really rare to see them have a down season, uh, or like an 88 season. Um, last year they killed it. They killed it the year before. They might kill it again in 2019. Uh, that remains to be seen though. I mean, obviously Drew Brees, he is starting to get up there in age, but he's still playing at a high level. Um, whether we'll see him take a full step of regression back next season, that remains to be seen. I hope not. I, I still think he's a great quarterback. Um, I was very, very upset, though, on how the Saints uh, got eliminated from the playoffs. Obviously, the refs were not uh, really watching the game, in my opinion. If if you've seen that highlight where they were supposed to call the pass interference, you know dang well that was a, a blatant uh, pass interference call. Um, I would have loved to see Brady versus Breeze Super Bowl. That like who wouldn't want to see a Brady versus Breeze Super Bowl? Instead, what we got it's kind of a snooze fest. Yes, like I said, mentioned before, it's a defensive battle. Defensive battles are always going to be snooze fest. Like let's let's face it. No matter how much of a football fan you are, and no matter how much of a defensive football fan you are, it's going to be a snooze fest. I think it would have been much better if it was Breeze versus Brady, I think we would have seen a little bit more of that offense, uh, that high-power offense from both teams. And maybe Breeze would have gotten the better of Brady this time around. Um, man, imagine if, if Breeze would have beat Brady, would, would people start calling, you know, Breeze the go? We'll see. We would That remains to be seen, obviously. Um, man, that, that would have been a great, now that I'm thinking about it, that, that would have been a legendary matchup. But, I mean, you know, stuff happened and it didn't work out that way. We got the Rams instead. Not, not, not to take credit away from the Rams, number two ranked offense, but, man, they, that definitely did not show in the Super Bowl now, did it? So, the last division that I'll be covering is the NFC West. Now, the Cardinals, 3-13, uh, obviously not a very good team in 2018. It was really mostly due to coaching. 
uh, their head coach got fired uh, year one after one year. I didn't even get to learn his name, so that's that's actually pretty um, pretty evident to how bad their coaching was, I guess, in my opinion or in my mind. Uh, the case is still out on Josh Rosen. There's a lot of questions surrounding whether he's going to get traded or not and whether the Cardinals are going to go for Kyler Murray. I really don't think the, the Cardinals are going to go for Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Uh, I believe they, they, they need more help on defense, so I think they'll be going Nick Boza. I would still give him Josh Rosen a chance with another head coach. But a lot of people, you know, they, they're kind of doubting him already after one year. Um, but I would give him another shot. Now, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, obviously, Father Time has caught up to him. He's still a great receiver. He's still a smart receiver. He can be a leader on that team. I just think they do need to go out there and get an, another number one wide receiver or, or another pass catcher and a tight end or something. David Johnson, though, he's still a strong running back. Again, though, he had a disappointing season because of the of the lack of coaching. I, I would definitely put this on the coaches. They, they didn't really put this team, this offense together to click on all cylinders. And I, I really felt that they would have done better offensively, but that 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 was not the case at all. Uh, definitely both sides of the ball need help uh, coming into this tw- next 2019 season. They have gotten a couple pieces, but not, not anything significant. Uh, I'll be getting into that into another episode, but not not a very good season at all from the Cardinals. That's why they got the number one pick. Uh, hopefully they'll capitalize on that, but we'll we'll see about that. Now moving on to the Forty Niners, four and twelve. They got really really unlucky uh, losing Jimmy Garoppolo early on in the season to an ACL injury, also losing uh, Jerry McKinnon to the same injury before the season even started. And they paid a lot of money for him, too, as a starting running back, which kind of sucks, man. I mean, if you're going to put money out there on a running back like that, I think he got like three-year, $30 million deal or something like that, or maybe a little bit less than that. It might be might be a little bit over, over-exaggerated. over But losing losing someone he just paid, man, and especially he just traded for two in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, it sucks. Um, but Nick Mullins, I mean, I know he didn't feel in immediately, but he's an interesting prospect, in my opinion. He did. He had some good games. I believe if 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 you coach him up a little bit, he'll he'll be a pretty good, solid starting quarterback. I wouldn't think he'd be an elite quarterback. But Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be the quarterback of the Forty ers Maybe they can use Mullins as some sort of trade bait. Uh, but that'll be uh, remain to be seen. Uh, the person who or the player who I do want to highlight uh, for the Forty ers though is the tight end George Kittle. Uh, he came out and basically had his breakthrough season in twenty eighteen. Big fantasy football prospect, in my opinion, for sure next year. If, if you don't get to get Sack Ertz or any of the top tight ends out there, uh, or like Kelsey, you definitely want to look out for George Kittle. I believe he, he'll be a steal in, in a couple of drafts if people don't. Uh, well, his previous owners would definitely have, have him in mind, but if you didn't get to own him last year, uh, I would definitely put him on top of your tight end list if you're looking out for them. Um, I would also kind of look out for Matt Breida, maybe. Uh, he had a pretty interesting kind of 2018 season towards the end. He had almost 800 yards in the few starts that he had. Um, he looks to to take over that number one spot this coming season. Uh, we'll see how he does, though, because um, I don't feel like he has that skill set to handle all that workload. I'm pretty sure with Jake McKinnon coming back, it'll help him a lot. Uh, but definitely need help on both sides of the ball for the 49ers, and they have a lot to do uh, this offseason and for the draft later on. 
Seahawks now, 10-6. and six. Uh, Russell Wilson continues to carry this offense despite having a very, very lackluster offensive line. Russell Wilson continues to make plays with the, with, with the, I would even say the very little help he has outside. Outside of Doug Baldwin, um, he doesn't really have another trustful wide receiver. Uh, they have, you know, the other players have, you know, come in for him and stepped up, but I believe if he, if he got better weapons, he would totally uh, take this offense onto another level to maybe not too much where he has to put the whole offense on his shoulders. Uh, he did get re-signed. He got a huge extension not too long ago in the offseason. So, obviously, the Seahawks, the Seahawks are committed to him. So, I would I would definitely look into getting him more weapons uh, outside, especially uh, pass-catching weapons. Uh, but not to take any credit from Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin uh, could also benefit from another pass-catcher, maybe getting some attention off of him because uh, I believe he's still a solid receiver. Unfortunately, 2018, he did go through a couple of injuries. I did shy away from him this time around in fantasy football, and I was kind of right. I I just had a feeling something was going to happen with him, um, especially with Russell Wilson always having to run around. But like I said, he still continue, He still carries his team to a 10-6 record. I would say a lot of it had to do with them. The defense with the Seahawks is still solid. I'm not going to take any credit away from them either, but their defensive backs uh, stunk. Um, I guess losing Chris Richard, hit you know him going to the Cowboys. I guess it really did affect the Seahawks a lot, uh, because you see you know, how Chris Richard uh took over the Cowboys' uh, defensive back uh, position coach. He's basically the the defensive coordinator, uh, and he shares responsibilities. Um, but he took that Cowboys defensive backs, uh, their defensive backs, and you know brought them up to a, another level. So maybe they are missing them out there in Seattle. Honestly, um. That I mean that that's something that in my mind it fits. Uh, they did trade Frank Clark though, since they did uh, extend Russell Wilson. Uh, but in twenty eighteen, uh, they they did enough. So they, they did enough to go into the wild card. Unfortunately, they went out to the Cowboys. Um, they were pretty close. I would say uh, they they had led up up until like halftime, I believe. Uh, but then they kind of lost the lead a little bit there. Um, I believe the Seahawks will bounce back again next year and have another strong outing. They've been a pretty solid team ever since they've won the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say they've been inconsistent, um, but the little inconsistencies that you do see from them, it kind of does affect them negatively. So that's why they haven't really been in the running lately because the Rams, obviously, they, they came in and took over this, uh, this division uh, when they hired Sean McVay. But the Seahawks are still a strong team. Um, I would be very optimistic about uh, the Seahawks' future if you're a Seahawks fan. Um, and I would definitely look out for their running backs taking the next step up next year and Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. Um, I don't want to go too much into next year. Um, 2018 season was a while ago, so this, my, my memory isn't too fresh. I think this these reviews would work a lot more better if I did it on, like when the season ended. Um, but this is just a warm up, you know, I'm going to go into episode three pretty soon and I'm going to be doing something else, but I do want to just finish here with the Seahawks. Uh, they had a very, very strong season. Be pretty optimistic about them having another strong season next year as well. And last but not least, the best team in the NFC in 2018 was the Rams with 13 and three record. Um, and I would say that I'm only saying that they're the best team because they made the Super Bowl, but they did get lucky getting there, in my opinion, because of that missed call against the Saints in the NFC Championship game. However, their offense was still high powered. Their defense was still high powered. 
despite that, though, I would say when their offense did struggle, it was because Jared Goff struggled. And it's becoming pretty evident that Jared Goff is one of those quarterbacks where he has to have everything perfect around him, around him to basically play at his best. And it was very evident in the Super Bowl that he did not play at his best. And it was because they, uh, the Patriots basically schemed basically scheme to do that to make him think more um basically into pressuring him into making mistakes uh so if something it's something that he can work on you know it's not like any physical mechanics it's just more mental mechanics i'm pretty sure or i'm pretty confident that quarterbacks can actually work on their on their mental toughness i guess i would i would have to say um but despite that it it they didn't really help also that Todd Gurley was hurt for most of the season. They tried to hide the fact that he was, but it was pretty evident from the start that he was hurt because of the amount of touches that he was getting. You don't give the running back uh, like of his caliber only four to six touches a game. You give a running back of his caliber anywhere from 25 to 30 touches a game. Uh, he did not have that at all. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you Todd Gurley and fantasy football owners out there were very disappointed in that. But injuries, man, like uh, like I've always said, you can't do nothing about them. You can't really be mad at the player about it either. If you know a player is injury prone, you may want to shy away from them. You know what I mean? You want to put that up there saying, you know, you might want to think about taking him. He is injury prone. There might be someone else who's not injury prone that you'd want to take over him. That's why I kind of always value Ezekiel Elliott. When it comes to fantasy football, just a little insight. That's why I always like value like, like say, for example, Ezekiel Elliott, a little bit more higher than the running backs who have gotten hurt because he hasn't gotten hurt. He's been uh, pretty stable, and he's gotten those 20 to 30 touches a game. And no, I'm not being biased. I know I'm a Cowboys fan, but it's true. Zeke hasn't been hurt. He's been the best running at, uh, running back in the league for these past three years. Um, and, I mean, there, there's a lot of evidence out there that, that, will, that will support my claim. Uh, but moving on uh to this to the Rams twenty eighteen season is very spectacular. Sean McVay to the took this team to another level. Um I'm pretty sure they're gonna come back in twenty nineteen and make another run again. There's no way that they're not. They're gonna have to adjust some of those mistakes though that they made on offense because those were very key in them losing the Super Bowl. Um though however I do believe if they if Todd Gurley was healthy he could have helped this team a lot in the Super Bowl. He more than likely could have been the difference maker. Um, but like I said, they have a chance of returning uh, to form in 2019. 2018, they were spe- uh, a spectacular team to watch, especially if you watch them play the Chiefs in that um, in their regular season game where there was over 100 uh, points scored. Uh, definitely one of the best games I had ever witnessed in my life. Um But yeah, the Rams 13 and 3, they're going to they're going to make a make another run next year for sure. So, guys, that was it for my first two episodes. Kind of like a little warm-up that I wanted to do. My podcast isn't really going to be that way every episode. I do want to bring people in. Later on today, the NFL draft is going to take place, and I do want to bring a friend in uh, to come and join me. You know, bring you know, basically have somebody else's opinion on the matter, and we're just going to basically review what happened in the draft, uh, what we thought on what happened. You know, because I believe this draft is going to be... Uh, a surprising one, I would say. There's a lot of question marks surrounding a lot of the players and a lot of question marks surrounding a lot of the teams on on who they want to take. 
Uh, now that'll be the next episode for sure. It is gonna happen later on today, so I kind of, I kind of do want to push that out there a lot more sooner than I did the second episode. Like I said, it was this was just more of a warm up. Um, whenever I found out that Anchor was actually, you know, a podcast app that I could use and just pick up real quick and start doing, um, I said, you know, to heck with it. Why not, man? Technology, you know, you gotta take advantage of the technology that we have right now. Um, and you know what our dreams for, you know what I mean? Even even if this this doesn't take me anywhere. Um, I enjoy talking about football um, 24-7. So uh, I'd like to thank you guys for joining me on my first two episodes. Um, I hope you guys will join me on my third episode. It is going to be about the draft. I'm more than likely going to bring someone in as well. I kind of want to do this kind of kind of drunk history kind of thing. I mean, I'm not going to be like wasted on my next episode or anything, but I kind of do want to have um, some alcoholic beverage with my friend and speak about football and kind of have it in that format, uh, maybe call it like, I don't know, um, the boozers football or something. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I hope you guys will join me on my third episode. Um, I believe that one, uh, would be, is going to be something more that I want to format the rest of my podcast, uh, for, um, but thank you guys for joining me again. This is the post route and I am Javier. Um, I hope to see you guys on my next episode.